This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I ask, where did you put that um, amazingly obnoxious trophy? Oh, uh, right now it's on my, uh, it's on the kitchen table. Uh, for everybody <laughs> to see. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it replaced my dad's uh, RPQ, whatever. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Welcome back to Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Dash. Uh, I'm here with Kyle, David, and the reigning world champion, Luke Cook. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm excited to interview the, the newly crowned uh, Lord of Legion, the master of the universe, or at least the Legion universe. Lord, or, excuse, me. excuse me, North America, because, you know, we don't, we don't, we didn't ask Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a little tired. I just woke up from a nap, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> solid, I, solid. I, I did love your dad's idea of flying you and him to Europe to face whoever Europe thinks their best player is to you know decide. Yeah, he's funny. He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a fun guy. I, I enjoy his company immensely. Yeah, he's he's not serious at all. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was so ready. I was going to donate to your Kickstarter and everything. <laughs> um, so we have, I guess, some housekeeping to talk about. We've got Northeast Open coming up, which is in two weeks from now, essentially. I guess a little bit under two weeks from now. Um, and we're all going to be there, including Luke Cook. Um, and, 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 think- the, and the other famous Legion Luke. And the other, Luke yes, Eddie. Luke oh, yeah. Eddie will also be there, which is fantastic. So there's going to be a lot of personalities. There's going to be a lot of people to meet. Um, and I believe, Kyle, you had something to tell the world today. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm putting out a bounty on Mr. Luke Cook. <laughs> uh, You'll never take me alive. For... <laughs> <laughs> so the first person, so Luke is, is in fact competing uh, at Northeast Open. The first person to defeat Mr. Cook. Um if anyone does so, gets a uh, core set of their choice. So that's either a Clone Wars core set or a um, Galactic Civil War core set. Uh, just the first person, not every person. In case you go zero and four, um, <laughs> we can't we can't afford to give out four core sets. But you know, <laughs> get our hedge our bets there. Right? I actually feel pretty good about not even having to give one out. So um, you know, so this is actually. Um, and stop me at any time, Jay, if what I'm saying is incorrect. But uh, we're going to actually do this. Is going to be a thing at Northeast Open. Uh, we can do a bounty board. So if um, if you want to put out a bounty on another player, buy someone a beer or something like that, uh, there will be a whiteboard where you can write their name and the condition for said alcohol purchase or whatever else you want to do. So I'm going to put the first bounty up on that board, and that bounty is going to be Luke Cook, and the reward will be Corset. So. There you go. It's going to be pretty awesome. There's a bunch of other rewards and stuff, um, prizes that Jay's got lined up. Uh, it's really going to be a fantastic event. Looking forward to it. Um, I believe that we've got uh, some sort of like meet and greet raffle set up. Um, so it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So uh, 
we've got Luke Cook here today. Let's uh, something big happened this weekend. Um, we should probably talk about that, huh? Since we're like a competitive podcast and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know, man. It was just an eight-person tournament. That, so that's I what I hear. It, we're air quoting worlds these days. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, Luke, you won worlds. How's it feel, my man? Oh, it feels pretty awesome, dude. I gotta say, um, I keep, I keep like trying to tell myself, oh, you just, you know, you won, <laughs> you won over the weekend, and then I keep, oh my gosh, you know, like, uh, I, I was really not even expecting to win. Um, there were so many good players there. Every game was super sweaty and close. Um, my goal really was just to make day two, so <laughs> it was, it was exciting. Uh, that's awesome. And you can you tell us a little bit about I mean, at this point, we know what all the lists are. But could you just tell us a little bit about the list that all you right. brought to uh, to Worlds? Yeah, so I, I was doing some playing around with the list uh, for a bit. Um, one of the things that I was experimenting with uh, that actually didn't even make it into the list was bringing a medic. Um, and what I had to do to fit that in was drop some upgrades that I really didn't like. Um, one of the things I was thinking about doing was dropping improv, but ultimately I, I just love that upgrade too much. So I love that. Um, so yeah, the medic didn't make it in. Um, I knew that I wanted to be blue. Uh, so I went with a higher bid. Um, and which is weird for me because I, I usually go for the red player and I just fill up all 800 points, just go for full points. Um, but in, in, uh, you know, such a competitive event like this, I felt that every advantage was just huge over, over each of the players. So, uh, I needed, I needed every, everything that I could get. So, uh, yeah, I went for blue, uh, which meant that I dropped Hunter on, on, uh, Boba Fett, which I usually love taking. Um, but, but I realized that, you know, bounty probably wouldn't come up as often, as it might in in uh, less competitive games, I guess you could say. And um, another thing was uh, this, my snowtroopers, which I love, um, ultimately didn't make it into the list, which uh, I, I was um, I was really worried about um, at first not bringing snows because I think they're just such a really good unit to have. Um, you can play some real you know, defensive games with them and, uh, I'm just really comfortable with them, but you know, with, with such great players, I think they can really deny the, the really, um, big plays that you might get off, uh, with snows. So I just went with six DLTs there. And, um, uh, so the recon intels that I was running on the stormtroopers, that was just, um, something I threw in there for, helping with like um, recover the supplies you can pick up round one or uh, you could you could essentially tap all of the vet evaporators round one if you needed to um, on anything but advanced basically um, and then my bid was seven points um, I actually was thinking about doing a nine point bid just because I felt it was so important but uh, I looked at Kingsley's and Kyle's list and you know a bunch of other players and they were rocking like a five to six point bid from a deputy con I think so I figured seven was enough 
which uh, I made the right call there. Um, I only <laughs> sniper, no sniping. <laughs> yeah, um, I only tied with uh, Matt Kish, which I was surprised actually that we both bid so high. Um, and so yeah, that was that was a good call there. And let's let's see. Yeah, I, I did leave strict orders in there. Um, it's just a really good five point upgrade. Um, and I did run the coordinated fire even after the errata. Um, that was just like a personal preference, I think. Like I was, I was really comfortable after running it through Invader League and, you know, at Adepticon, and I just had so much practice with it. So I figured just leave it in. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the list uh, decision-making, I guess you could say. Um, one interesting thing that I did do as well, uh, I, I actually cut Recover, which I guess most people would – say that you're insane because i had boba fett um but that was ultimately because i was i was actually pretty scared of lj's list on recover i think he's he's got a better um situation there with like death troopers and comms relay or something that he could do um with with krennic like you know just winning that one pip with cunning so yeah i cut recover um so yeah, that's that's about all the changes that I so made to the list. So do you want to talk real quick? Uh, I was quite surprised to see that you had a seven-point bid. Um, do you want to talk about what you consider in a tournament like this, the advantages of, of blue being? Um, yeah, so the, the biggest advantage with being blue players is that you get to pick side. Um, and with terrain and stuff like that, you, you just you don't know if, if the terrain is going to be set up um, so it's fair to both sides. There, there's going to be an advantage to one side of the board, I think, usually. And so if you can even get any slight advantage, you know, you really want to take take it. Um, I wasn't worried about using my deck so much as just mainly just picking side of the tables. Um, I actually do think red has really big advantages like they get the last um veto in the battle cards and they get the last uh deployment which i think are actually a lot better but with terrain and you don't you're not sure about what it's going to look like blue player i think is better in that sense um so yeah that's why i went for the bid so um i'm a little curious about you know you talked about recon intel a little bit did that factor into your to your bid at all in the sense that you know, you were like, I'm, I'm taking a heavy bid, so I also want to take Recon Intel, or was that something completely kind of separated? Uh, that was just something kind of separate. Um, one of the things that I was trying to be sneaky with was uh, turn one coronated fire stuff, um, which I think I did. Yeah, I did once to um, Matt opening turn. I just started with coronated fire, and I think that caught him off guard. Um so yeah, because if they're not paying attention, they can just put themselves a little exposed, and you can just start off a DLT, a DLT, you know, aim shot at range four, and then pass it on. And now you got an aim going around, um, which can just start the attrition war pretty well. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, let me ask you about how basically how to use coordinated fire in a post errata world, um, because I was impressed uh, in our game how you used it. Um, essentially you did what you described, you know, you played it when we were kind of at range four from each other, which is a little earlier than I would have expected you to. 
um, kicked it off with that DLT, and then you just pass that one single aim token around to all your units and just did move yep. up into range three and shoot. Um, and essentially just used coordinated fire just to give all your units right. an aim token so um, they could move shoot. Which is a huge deal um, because I think some some of my units just shot first and then you know moved out of cover or out of line of sight. Um, but I think it, you know, in combination with strict orders, which I think is the best way to do it now, um, I don't even think comms relay is actually very good, you know, going to veers or whatever, because number one, you have to pay 15 points. And number two, it takes now two activations um, because you have to, you know, you have to use veers first. Um, whereas if you can just start it off with one of your core units, um, you know, it's, it's much easier to pull off. So, yeah, I, I try to do it when, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into the three to four range and all my core units, I try to just, you know, double, you know, get them into a position where they can just either aim fire or if they get the aim, just move and fire. Um, and yeah, then I just try to, I don't know, take out units with it. Um, one of the things that I was debating, like in the middle of our game uh, in the middle of the coordinated fire turn is when do you break off the chain from your core units to now you're putting on a sniper team or you're putting on Boba Fett. Um, because like in my order pool, you know, you give out three orders and then you only have three core, core units in the bag. So actually you have more tokens that aren't core units in your bag, which you usually don't have. So at some point you're going to start drawing things that aren't core units. So you might want to pass the aim off, uh, before, um, before all your core units go, if that makes sense. So I think that's what I ended up doing. I pass it to like Boba Fett before, you know, I could have given it to a core unit, but then what if you don't draw them first, then that aim token might go to waste. So yeah. Um, sometimes you got to pass it off before, and that's kind of where um, uh, improvised orders helps also because, mm -hmm. you know, if you accidentally pull Boba Fett or a mm -hmm. sniper too early, you can throw it back and hope to pull one of those other core tokens. Right. And I, I will say, like, I played Boba Fett very conservative in the tournament and especially on those um, coordinated fire turns. Like, you cannot leave Boba Fett out to dry because, you know, if if he is and your opponent realizes, okay, there's a good chance that, you know, Boba Fett number one doesn't have an order on him. And number two, he's probably not going to draw him. So I could just throw everything into Boba and try and kill him before he gets to go. So I would, I would usually like have him hidden and I wouldn't do it on a turn where he's, you know, exposed because, you know, you lose Boba Fett, you lose the game. Um, so yeah, you got to keep Boba Fett hidden if you want to pull off coronated fire. Well, <clears throat> Yeah, uh, you did a great job, um, generally, at least in our game, just keeping him uh, in a safe spot pretty much the whole time. I never had a good opportunity to throw any dice at him. Um, yep. Um, there was, like, so after, on the first turn, I think he could have, like, or maybe it was the second, um, he could have, like, put himself out there to shoot. But I was like, that's not really worth it. So I just double moved him or something behind that ATSD and just hit yep. him behind line of sight. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely better 
better call. Um, are there times that you wish you had had Imperial Discipline instead of Coordinated Fire? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, straight up no. And I, I really, I was debating that the whole time. Like, do I run, you know, Imperial Discipline? Uh, no, I'll just go with Coordinated Fire. And, you know, I don't regret it. Uh, there was not a time. Yeah, you heard it here first, guys. Nerfed coordinated fire better than Imperial Discipline. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's a personal preference now. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think there was a time where I was like, oh, I really wish I had Imperial Discipline. Yeah, no. Nope. You, you also didn't feature a lot of recover cards in your list. So at least that uh, that part of Discipline would just be mostly to clear suppression and for right. activation control. Right, exactly. Was there a moment during Worlds where you had like a, a make or break uh, decision or was, you know, uh, failing that, were there any like specific moments during your series, either day one or day two, that really stood out to you in terms of like, this was awesome? Um, well, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean... I know it's yeah, tough. It, it's probably a year it, now. Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Make or break situations. Um, uh, or are you just so good that no one ever put any real pressure on you? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm that good. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Reha there, he was putting some huge pressure on yeah. me. Uh, and, and it was funny because, you know, at the beginning of the game, his dice were like killing me and my dice were just absolute trash. And I think there was a turning point where he, he shot up a DLT team and he, he throws six crits out of eight dice unaimed or maybe he did. No. Yeah. It was unaimed shot into my uh, DLT team and just wiped the squad. And I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding um, but then the, the immediately the next activation he did, he moved his um, IRG with, without realizing it into a bomb, which double blew up. And then the dice just flipped at that exact moment. And then I started rolling really hot and he was rolling pretty poorly for the rest of the game. Um, I think that was a really huge moment because up until that point, I thought I was going to lose the game, honestly. Uh, he had a great deployment on that game. That was a really so if you're a Boba Fett player. Sorry, so if you're a Boba Fett player, like how do you actually play that against Palpatine? Like, what's the what's the key key strategy? Uh, well, okay, so Palp, um, you don't you got to watch out for guard. You got to know that they they have the given to your anger play where they could just oh, you think you're safe, and then they, you know, double move charge. So you got to watch out for that. Um, one thing that Pelp really struggles with, even if he can get and now you will die off, if you have hard cover, like it's not going to do that much damage because um, Pelp just doesn't have any sharpshooter, um, which is going to take away two of those, you know, hits coming your way. Um, I, I also was just kind of kiting Boba Fett that, you know, where you just keep them at range three and you don't get them any closer than that. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how I played it. I just left him on that rock because that was a really good position for him. Uh, he, he had range two to the middle. He was on my own objective. You know, he could see everything, basically. 
Um, so yeah, I just played him pretty conservatively. I didn't, I didn't push him up too hard, um, into his forces. So yeah. If that covers how you play Pelp or Boba against Pelp, I guess. Um, do you have any highlights from the experience generally? Uh, you know, going to dinner Friday night and Saturday night with all the guys as well as the the two game developers was pretty sweet. I got to say, they, they really treated us and we had such a great time. Um, I really think that was one in a lifetime experiences there. So, yeah. That was probably my highlight, just hanging out with everybody. Yeah, they definitely rolled out the red carpet for us. Um, it, it it felt like a, I mean, FFG did a great job, just generally speaking, over the entire weekend, um, oh, making yeah. it feel like, you know, the high profile event that it was, at least to us. Yeah, I was I was like super shocked, like seeing their setup there and everything, you know, it was so cool. And then I, I got to watch the stream, you know, afterward and the, the production quality there was pretty tight. Um, it was super cool to watch. I had, you know, I had, um, my dad watching obviously, but like I was texting my buddies like, Hey, I'm playing like, they don't play the game, but they were still watching and, you know, they saw me on there and everything and they were, you know, texting me after the game and stuff like, Oh my gosh, good job. Keep going. You know? So it was really cool. It was really cool. Um, actually my, my dad would, you know, call me after each game that was streamed to be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Great job. And stuff like that. So I would, you know, I would feel my phone ringing right after and I'm like, Oh, here's, here's my dad. Call me, you know? Um, they were, they were actually, um, my parents were at a family party on Sunday, but my dad brought the iPad and he was watching it. And I guess, you know, people would come over and see how I was doing and stuff. Like they don't play the game, so they have no idea, but they would just, you know, kind of ask about it and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, so yeah, it was just quite an experience. Um, so let's get back to your, your list and your approach uh, real quick. Um, can you just describe like sort of at a macro strategic level how it works and your approach to a given game? Um, yeah, sure. So um, being blue, uh, I know that I have the third tiebreaker, you know, first tiebreaker VPs, uh, second tiebreaker is... Uh, well, what is uh, kill points and third third tiebreaker is whoever's blue, so you have a slight advantage there. And if you don't kill anything and they don't kill anything, then you win, right? So, in a way, you're kind of playing that game, that mind game over them. Like, okay, you got to kill something, or we, or you got to win on VPs. Um, so you have that in your head. I mean, it's never really going to happen. I don't think where blue just wins because he's blue, he or she is blue. Um, but my list is pretty basic. Um, there's nothing There's nothing really uh, flashy about it, I guess you could say, other than Boba Fett. Um, so what I try to do, you know, just get my DLT Stormtroopers up there in a good, you know, hard cover or at least light cover position where they can just aim, shoot, or just kind of shoot, you know, whatever. Um, and then snipers, um, 
you know, as an Imperial without con- coordinated bombardment, you got to be very careful. So I would usually completely hide my snipers round one. And if they use coordinated bombardment, then my snipers are popping out after it's used. Um, you know, Veers just kind of chills in the back. And Boba Fett, uh, I was just keeping him very conservative. Like, I, I, I would not. There would be times where I could get a range two shot and I'd be like, nope, I'm not even going to do it because they're going to do some play and try to take him out. So it's just not even worth it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how the list plays. I I do. Um, let's see. Round one. I like going second. So, I you know, I would probably play um, standing orders first. And that's kind of like a general thing that I like to do now. Um and that also allows you to hold back maximum firepower, which then that kind of like plays a little bit of a mind game in your opponent's head. Or if they don't see something, you can just, you know, kind of take uh, advantage of a situation like I did with um, with Eric in our game. Second round, I, I did maximum firepower and just blew up a sniper team, which I don't think he really saw. Um because, you know, turn one, he's got the guard in range for guardian shots, so it's not worth it to waste it. I was I was thinking about doing it, and because, you know, he surges the crits, maybe you get two crits and get lucky, but I was like, nah, just wait. Um, so, yeah, turn one, you know, take the, uh, take the, what is it, second, second uh, play, because you're not going to be really shooting, and if you can have the last activation or last two activations that's pretty big then you know moving up stormtroopers i might play coordinated fire second turn third turn um boba fett you know you just kind of move them up keep them out of line of sight don't don't expose them um you you can use his cards later in the game to make plays i mean boba fett almost won me my game against uh lupo he almost won it like single-handedly for me. He was just deleting squads at the end there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I play it. I don't know if I did a good job. Um, I would say you did. I think we have the answer to that question. Hey, what do you think of Bosk? Me? Oh, yeah. dude, he's insane. Um <laughs> Lying in wait is just <laughs> freaking busted, man. You just rolling into five crits, like nothing can stop you. Oh. Guardian, nope. Uh, armor, nope. Cover, nope. No dodges. See you later. Oh, it's totally um, fair. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> what? So, are are you gonna? So this this is a slight segue. Are you gonna? Um, how, how is he gonna fit into your list going forward? Is question one. Uh, so I don't know that I like the double bounty list. Uh, I think we talked about this, but mm-hmm. you know, you just don't have enough control, in my opinion, of the two bounty hunters. So you're going to get into positions where they're exposed, and you don't have an order on one of them. Um, so, but Bosk, I mean, your list that you ran in Invader is like super good. Um, I think it might be better than my list, honestly. Um, now, 
Well, it is basically just your list, but with Bosk instead of Boba Fett. Right. <laughs> but you can fit like, you know, a medic and an officer in there, which is pretty big. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's going to be pretty, pretty good. Um, I think he's just going to fit like the same kind of uh, list like I have with Boba Fett. But yeah, now you have Bosk in there and you can play that, you know, a defensive position game with him. Do you think he's going to fit your play style a little bit more uh, considering how conservative it sounds like you were with Boba? Um, I don't know. I have so much practice with Boba that like, I just know how to play him really well. Um, so we'll have to see. I'm definitely going to play with boss for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. It's going to be hard to put away Boba Fett. I'm going to be, you know, torn. (laughs) I'm telling you, the two bounty hunters are going to be really fun to play for sure. So, uh, besides Bosk, what, now that you have the the weight of of worlds off your back, so to speak, what uh, what other lists are you looking forward to experimenting with? Uh, I'm looking forward to playing some sabs um, on both sides, actually, for imperials as well as rebels. Um, I also want to try and play some more armor. I think the tank is really good. I almost I was playing around with a few lists for worlds. Um, just to kind of throw throw off everybody, but eventually I did take what I did. But um, I was almost considering doing a double tank, which <laughs> it sounds kind of dumb, but I think it's pretty good. And I think it's super good, especially if you're blue player, uh, because they're going to have to kill something. And if you have two tanks in their face, you know, good luck. Um, because <laughs> those things aren't easy to kill, um, especially when you got pretty cheap heal bots for them riding up behind so yeah we'll see we'll see where the list goes um i'm definitely going to be playing some more uh janky lists now that i don't have to um well i don't know uh i i did get a high command invite that was confirmed so i don't have to worry about winning an rpq anymore uh for next year so i'm going to be playing some janky lists now that's good. It seems like the world champion should should be able to just go to worlds for next year to defend the title. Um, yeah, <laughs> that would have been silly if they made you like go to an RPQ or something. <laughs> yeah, which I was actually pretty concerned. My dad was joking around with me like a lot, and he was like, "Oh, you don't have an you know you don't have your invite yet. What if you don't get your invite? Oh, because <laughs> uh, the first RPQ that we went to, um." We, we we both went three and zero, and he took it on strength of schedule, which kind of sucks. But you know, now that I uh, have my invite, that was good. That was good actually. So yeah, it was funny though. So you talked about messing around with the rebel sabs a little bit. Are are you gonna play around with rebels um, here in the future a little? Yeah. So I think I've literally played one game with rebels, and I was running flamer arties. Uh, so I definitely want to play some more rebels, um, just because I've never done it. And I think it'll just bring something new for me. Um, just like, uh, Mr. Shalansky's doing. Um, so yeah. And Sabine, Sabine looks pretty good. So I want to use that new unit that's coming up Friday. Oh, are you, are you planning on transitioning to clones or droids when they come out? Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with both and see what fits my play style better. 
Uh, it seems like clones are going to be like a uh, eight to nine activation type, you know, lower count, and then droids are just spam- spamming stuff. So we'll, we'll see there. Um, we're definitely going to be buying into it. The, the uh, bank's going to be hurting a little bit, but, you know, got to buy droids and clones, man. Yeah, I'm starting to be like, how do I, how am I going to manage collecting four armies? Oh, I know. I feel like I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's going to be gonna be awesome. Not tough. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be yeah. great. Everything's going to be fantastic. They, yep. They do look, they do look super interesting mechanically from yep. what we know. So, yeah. Right. Um, um, now you'll have to decide how you spend your time preparing because you'll have multiple yeah. armies <laughs> to choose from. Yeah, yeah. I can only get so many games in a week, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so, yeah. How, how many games a week uh, do you get in with your dad? Out of curiosity. Um. So, it's usually it's usually probably one. I would say on average, it's it's a game a week. Um, leading up to Worlds, uh, so I I was on a, a little bit of a hiatus. I was down in Hawaii for two weeks right after graduation so i got back the wednesday the week so it was like a week before wednesday um and then me and kyle played our semifinal game and i had the other match so i didn't start practicing until like sunday before worlds and me and my dad we played um we played three games practicing but one of those games I played a completely different list. I was considering bringing a middle, middle management, which is uh, Veers and Krennic, um, but the game was way too close, and my dad was basically running Kingsley's list, and I was like, Dad, no offense, Kingsley's better than you, so he would beat me in this game. Uh, so, <laughs> so I cannot run this list. It's just not going to happen. So... <laughs> um, so yeah, we practiced. I I pretty much put everybody on what their list was gonna be. I pretty much guessed what everybody was gonna run. So we basically had the list down, um, minus like upgrades and stuff. Like I didn't, I I wasn't spot on, but I knew I knew pretty pretty well. So I have a question about that, and it's gonna be controversial. So everybody, hold on to your seats. All right. Um. So you knew what everybody was bringing, right? So I'm going to assume that you had a good idea that 20 out of 24 special forces slots were going to be snipers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So no surprise to you there. No. Okay. What do you think about that? How do you feel about that generally? Uh, My general feeling is that the strike teams are super, uh, like they restrict basically list building. And my my favorite thing in the game is honestly list building and creating synergies um, that some people maybe don't see. And with the strike teams, you know, they're just taking up that special force slot where I think we have other options that are really cool and they're pretty good, but you know, they just get pushed out by the strike teams uh, because they're just so efficient units. Um, And, you know, we're at, we're going to worlds like this is the highest competition level that we've seen for this game. So I 
I mean, I brought it myself and I don't blame anyone for bringing it. Um, might be boring, but then, you know, you get on the table and the game's fun no matter what. So, you know, play what you want. But, um, yeah, I do think that they are restrictive in list building because personally, like when I'm building a list that I want to be competitive with and I want to win with, uh, it's usually three strike teams that I just line up right away. Um, so that's how I feel about it, I guess. Do you think if snipers were somehow significantly nerfed or changed, people would just go straight to sab strike teams? Uh, yeah, I think so. If they were significantly nerfed and the other strike team being the sabs wasn't touched at all, I do think that sabs would just see play instead of instead of snipers. Sabs are really good. Um, don't don't let anybody tell you that they're not. Um, yeah, I've, I've played. I've played in one local tourney and I didn't practice at all for it. And I just ran a sab list and I, uh, I won. It was a local event, sure, but um, I think that they're really good. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and we've we've now both played Lupo. So yeah. Oh my gosh. That. <laughs> like I was like, after deployment, I was like, no way, I'm gonna lose this game. Like I'm just gonna blast the hell out of him, and you know, he somehow managed to win. Super close game, but yeah, he he did win. Yeah, that's kind of how games against him seem yeah. to go. You know, it's like you, you think you're doing well, and then all of a sudden, uh, all your shit's blown up, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yep. Well, so, yeah, it was really funny. So, in our game, I don't know if anybody was watching it, but he only detonated two mines, but it it hit, hit and blew up like three of my core units, which is enough. And that, you know, it just kind of um, tumbled after that. So, yeah. He only detonated so, two, but it still worked. So um, you went two and one day one, right? Yep. So your only loss was to Lupo. Mm-hmm. That's mm. it. Yep. Sabs are good, people. Sabs are good. <laughs> In my defense, I will say that was my first time playing against Sabs. Legitimately, it, first time. It, def- it definitely, there's definitely a surprise factor to it. Yep, um, yep. I was I was grateful for the I was grateful that I played him at high command so I knew what to expect a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I was I was glad that I had played it myself because I think one of the best learning experiences that you can have to really understand things, and that's why I was um, I could predict uh, like Eric's moves with Palp or something uh, is if you play it yourself. Um, so if you play Sabs, you can understand how they work. You know, yeah, I think it's super valuable not only to try different builds within your faction, but also you know if you can borrow a friend's army. Or, uh, my sorry, yep. my son is very excited about tabs. Apparently, um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, even just like swapping factions if you know someone else that plays the other faction and just do like a Freaky Friday game. Um, All right, you know, I think that I think that's super helpful just to get uh, a view from from uh, from the other side. Um, it, it, I think mm-hmm. it I think it makes you better just mechanically and it also um you know gives you an appreciation for some of the tactics and the strengths and weaknesses of totally a faction and a list so yep and sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say it just helps you like predict in a game what they could potentially do um but yeah so i was gonna ask you is it is it just that your alternatives are just too darn expensive that you would just line up three snipes immediately 
or is it like is it some sort of nexus where it's like not only is it cheap but it also has just an incredible reach um do full scouts really suck that bad <laughs> well, i guess is my question like would you ever take a full scout over two strikes like, no never, I, right no personally uh, never um when they first came out like i actually thought strike teams were like terrible um and i only ran the full scout version like that first tournament that we had you know when boba fett and the scout teams released like i ran boba fett and like two scout full scout teams and i thought that they were amazing uh, but then, you know, I got told otherwise by Invader League <laughs> and I started, I started to realize, yeah, the strike teams are pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, I think it's just straight up efficiency. Um, and you know, all the keywords that they have, you know, if you look at them, they got sharpshooter one, they got pierce, they got high velocity, they got, um, well, I guess that's all their keyword keywords, but then, you know, it takes two to attacks to kill them because they're hiding behind line of sight and they they take advantage of that little uh rule so you know they're just so they just got so many things going for them uh that that make them so good is it also that you can get to like you know 10 or 11 activations and still take five heavy weapons in your core units yep exactly so that's actually like, like a combat hero and not like veers or something yeah, I actually felt bad playing against Matt because, like, I had four activations after he stopped playing. Like, I could just do whatever I wanted, basically. Um, <laughs> like, four activations, that's, like, over a third of my army that still has yet to go. And I can. Did just... you even care that he was splitting fire with the suppressive weapon and pulling the strings? Like, did you even care that it was eight suppression? No, no, no. Um, and actually, after the game, we talked about that. And we were t- we were saying that he should have just tried to focus down units and take them off the board. Um, so I was actually kind of happy that he was splitting fire and not really doing any damage through heavy cover. Um, so do you have any recommendations, since we're talking about kind of like off-meta stuff and sabs mm-hmm. and uh, that sort of thing, um, uh, for how people should handle your list? Like what what do you feel like you have trouble with oh geez um i have trouble with nothing nothing (laughs) uh well yeah i think the list is really well rounded um i don't i guess i have trouble with i don't if i make a mistake then you got to take advantage of it that's what i have trouble with um (laughs) i don't know um (laughs) What's a really see? It's tough because uh, I mean that's that's kind of what play at yeah. this level is, though, right? Like everybody's list, everybody's right. list is solid and well rounded right. for the most part, and it's essentially the first person. Right. To make a I think I would have trouble actually with like a Krennic and Boba list, um, just because they could like front load the damage with the DTs, and that might start to. You know, they might start taking core units off the board, and I can't really answer to it. Um, so that might give me some trouble. Um, yeah. Okay. I could I could see Bosk once once he comes out, <laughs> causing some issues for the same reason. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, Boss for sure. He could. Yeah, I mean, in our game, just look at our game. Um, yeah, you're talking you're talking about Invader. Yeah, League the now. Invader League, the semifinal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you did a good job playing him and putting him where he was. That I will say that 
I think I would have had a better time on there was that map and the the like Endory looking map. Those two maps were the only mm-hmm. ones that I didn't want to see. Uh, the other maps had some better line of sight blocking that I think I would have had a, a, an advantage over you with um, on that. But yeah, so. Um, speaking of, what did you think of the terrain at Worlds? Uh, I thought the terrain was uh, was uh, decent. Um, the desert maps especially were pretty good. Uh, line of sight blocking was, you know, all over the place. There's light cover, heavy cover. They had barricades, you know. Uh, the forest tables, um, you know, day one, maybe they were not set up the best. Um, but... I still think that there was enough line of sight. I mean, if there wasn't enough line of sight, like like Lupo would not have made it to day uh, two. He played three games on the uh, tree boards, I guess we'll call them, and he made it there. So I think they were adequate, personally. Um, and, you know, me and Kyle, you know, we were talking, and that the, the final table was pretty well set up, and I think that the there was plenty of line of sight blocking on it. I mean, if we, you know, when we would get down and check, check for sniper fire, like there weren't that many lanes, like we couldn't really see across the board. There was like the ATSC in the way trees, you know, there was the ruins everywhere. So I think it was good. I think it was good. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting on those forest tables actually, because there were like no individual piece really blocked line of sight. Yeah. But then you add it. Yeah. Right, but they all had so many, like, you know, it was a bunch of, like, those tree roots, right? A bunch of narrow little openings, and when you put them next to each other, yep. collectively, they form, like, a weave exactly. that blocks line of sight across the table. So it was, it was interesting. It was yep. it was different, you know, yep. certainly than what most people are used to. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, people on stream or from overhead view, you can't really see that. You got to get down to the to the eye level, to the mini level to see that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, I will say, just the craftsmanship was excellent on the terrain. Like, oh, yeah, it, the boards looked really good. Yeah, and even yeah. just looking at it in person, there are so many little details like the, um, you know, the, I, the ATSTs on the desert board had, like, dragon bite marks and scratch marks on them. Um, mm-hmm. And there was, those those bones were, you know, from, like, apparently the, the story is that the dragon and the ATST had a fight. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's kind of funny, like, to look at the tiny little details. Um embedded in in the terrain like that so um, yeah i was i was impressed and the i would the i agree that the, the i played two games on the desert tables and those were definitely just mechanically easier mm-hmm. um yep. but yeah i thought the fu- the the final version of the forest table the one that you and i played on was 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 fine yeah i thought mm-hmm. and just like anything else it's about you know one of the first things that you should always do regardless of what level you're playing at is discuss terrain with your opponent. Right. Um, and if, if you've got a sort of mechanically difficult table, you can work out those kinks before the game even starts, you know, by simplifying right. things. Um, yep. So, which is basically yep. what we did. Which, so. yeah, everyone should always do. First thing that you do when you get to a tournament table, just discuss terrain with, with your opponent because, you know, you want to avoid those situations where it's like, oh, we didn't talk about this. Uh, I don't know how to play this now, right? So you want to you have as, as wide of a discussion as you can because just try and cover everything. 
Yep, you you absolutely want to avoid moments where you know your opponent thinks they're in light cover, or and they're really not in cover or heavy cover, and they're in light cover, you know, or something like that. Um, so those are those are not things that you right. want to happen in the middle of a game. So, well, you got any uh, you got any final thoughts for us, Luke? You are you are the you are the first ever uh, Star Wars Legion World Champion. I know, dude. That that's so weird. I you know <laughs> I gotta say it again. Like I did not think I was gonna win, dude. There were so many good players there. Um, I'm just I'm just really excited for the game in general. Uh, I think it's really headed in a great direction. Um, you know, the game developers know what they're doing, and uh, you know everybody in the community is awesome. Um, it's really I love I love going to these events and just meeting everybody and you know just hanging out um, and then playing the game as well. Um, I do want to say like our games at Worlds were super chill. Like everybody, you know, there was no complaining or arguing or anything like that. Like everybody, you know, just understood what intent was and like you know you just talk talk it over with your opponent and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, you might not see that at other, um, you know, gaming systems, like people might get, uh, get into it with each other, but not, not us. We were really cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I got to really say. Yeah, it was, it was great. Just how, you know, like we were a tight knit group and obviously we'd all for the most part played each other and knew each other before. So that helped a lot, but like there was a moment, um, you know, I heard about. It. I think it was in one of Kingsley's games where, like, his opponent rolled double crits on a sniper, and he high. Oh yeah, that was know, me, was dude. Like, yeah, it's like cool yeah. roll, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, uh, you know, it was moments like that, you know, where you're just uh, laughing about rolls and and talking things over throughout the entire game about intent and ranges and yep. everything like that, which is mm-hmm. always a good idea. Definitely. Um, you know, there's no reason there's no reason to play gotcha with your opponent or or just generally be a douche about right. anything. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm super excited about you know oh, uh, yeah. where this game is I'm going. I'm so pumped. Uh, yeah. So next year we're gonna have clones and droids. Like I'm I, I just can't wait to see all the stuff. It's gonna be so tough to choose uh, what to play. Yeah, it's going to be wild. I mean, this is, I think, you know, uh, well, at least on the Empire side, it was fairly varied, but at least, um, right. you know, for Worlds, all the Rebel uh, lists were Luke, Leia, mm-hmm. um, lots of core and snipers, right. uh, or at least in Lupo's case, sab strike teams. But um, I'm encouraged by, uh, you know, we're going to get two new factions. Um, you know, we've got some Tauntauns and Rebel Vets and Sabine and other fun stuff on the horizon. So um, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I wouldn't even be too worried about that. I mean, honestly, like, what do we got? Four or five options, and so there's a top two that people are always bringing. Like, it's a competitive, like, in a competitive environment, and especially at the highest competitive environment, like, everybody's going to bring what is the best. Like, yep. you can go to a local store and win with Jin and Han or whatever you want. Like, you can totally do that. There's, it's, it's really about player. It's more about the player, not not the units, really. So yeah, for sure. It's and and I've you know Legion is obviously a very objective focus, and I think generally balanced game. Right. Um, you know, people see our list that we brought, 
Uh, and part of it is that, you know, the eight of us obviously um, all know each other. So there's a little bit of group think there going on probably, but mm-hmm. um, also you're looking for every possible little marginal advantage. Yep. And like you said, for most, like, it's not, you know, you can win with almost mm-hmm. anything, um, even at an, even at an RPQ, yep, totally. you know, which is so. All right, man. Well, congratulations on your, on your victories. Um, and uh, where, so I got to ask, where did you put that? Um, amazingly obnoxious trophy oh uh right now it's on my uh it's on the kitchen table uh everybody to see yeah uh it it, uh it replaced my dad's uh rpq whatever (laughs) (laughs) take that dad (laughs) so uh look what i got you know he's he's got a uh state champ football ring and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Friday Night Lights where the dad's always like, you'll never have one of these. He he always jokes around with that. So I got the trophy now. I'm like, you'll never have one of these. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the two of you both have, uh, you know, whatever we're calling it, High Command Worlds. You both have Adepticon invites for next year. So you'll, yeah, get, so to, we'll you'll get to fight it out. Mano a mano. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, well, thanks so much, Luke. Yeah, you guys are McVader jokes. And he, <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys I mean, are McVader yeah. jokes, father and son. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. The circle is now complete. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty obligatory. Uh. All right, well, well, congrats again, and thanks so much for coming on. Um, and you are you are obviously going to Northeast Open, so... Um, I'll be there. We will, we will definitely... We will see you there, and... Uh, have fun experimenting with all those janky builds that um, now that you don't need to practice for a tournament. Oh yes, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> don't get too janky though. We don't want to give away that corset too early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you got to make people work for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I had a lot of fun here. Of course. Yeah, thanks. For- yep. All right. Well, Sweet. we are Thank you, notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. And I'm David. And uh, and that was... Join that was us Luke. next week for another episode of The Notorious Scandal. The first ever Legion World Champion. Um, this has been a fifth and, trooper uh, production. Uh, we will see you next week.